are the future trends that are sneaking up on us rapidly? Beasley Media Group Vice President of Programming Buzz Knight interviews thought leaders of today on new innovations, new methods, new strategies, and new thinking on this podcast, Healthy Paranoia. Today on Episode 5 of our podcast, Healthy Paranoia, we're talking with Andreas Mai, the EVP Market Development and Innovation for Keolis. Keolis is a French transportation group with an international presence. They run every aspect of transportation in cities, and Andreas is one of the transportation industry's greatest thought leaders on new technology, innovation, and the impact on our cities. I've known Andres for some years, and I'm constantly informed and awed when he speaks about what he's up to. You might remember that in episode one of Healthy Paranoia, when we probed the project in Las Vegas that was a partnership with the city of Las Vegas and AAA, that's when Justin Chase and I, while out at CES for Beasley, took our first autonomous ride, and it appropriately motivated the title of this podcast, Healthy Paranoia. The person behind that project who took us on that adventure was Andreas Mai. Andreas, bring us up to speed, first of all, on your Las Vegas project, which you graciously exposed us to back at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show in January. Great. I was happy to do that. But uh, first of all, thank you very much for the compliments, Buzz. Uh, in November, or since November, our autonomous shuttle in Las Vegas uh, has... Uh, transported over 20,000 people and uh, the uh, average rating of the people uh, was 4.8 out of 5 stars so it was a pretty favorable uh, experience for most of them and actually 98% of people that rode the shuttle would recommend it to a friend. And uh, you had uh, said when we were together there that um, over time there's learnings, certainly, from a project such as this, uh, not only for that vehicle itself, but also as a means to, you know, guide the company's future regarding autonomous driving. Can you share some of the learnings? Yes, happy to. Uh, so most importantly, we have uh, found that passenger cities and also businesses love it. Uh, in the beginning, some of the businesses... Uh, in this area did not really want uh, the service uh, passing their stores but today uh, whenever we come they they really appreciate the many many additional passengers and customers for that matter that come to their stores the second key learning for us is really people need to experience the technology to fully embrace it you know, when we asked uh, how positive these uh, passengers felt about autonomous technology on a scale from uh, one very bad to 10 very positive. Before the ride, we typically received uh, an average rating of about 6.8. And after they rode the shuttle, they gave us an 8.8. So that's a 30% improvement. So people really need to uh, experience the technology. And number three, it's a heavy lifting for the operator to make autonomous operation of a vehicle safe. Yeah, we are testing in what I would call one of the most difficult environments in Las Vegas. There are many people under the influence. There are a lot of crazy people in Las Vegas, some of which even jump in front of our vehicle to test whether it's, uh, it's really stopping to save their lives. So do you envision um, you know, other cities being as forward-thinking as uh, the city of Las Vegas? 
Yes, uh, we, we receive a lot of requests from cities, from uh, campuses of universities, but also from campuses of enterprises, large enterprises, that are interested in deploying such services. So the demand for these services uh, has really uh, seen a significant upswing. That's great. Andreas, since the um, tragedy that occurred in Arizona uh, involving autonomous driving, um, has there been a setback with growing and innovating and moving forward? In a sense, it has and it hasn't. So let me start with uh, every loss of life is really a tragedy. And that, uh, that is, I think, the most important thing to say here. But uh, at the same time, we need to acknowledge that every hour here in the U.S., four people die in traffic. And worldwide, this number is actually 160 lives lost every single hour uh, because uh, humans, most of the time, cause, cause the crashes. Yeah, over 90% of crashes are caused by human drivers. And autonomous vehicles hold the promise to avoid many of these uh, incidents. They would never drive drunk. They would never speed. They would never run red lights or stop lights. They would never drive too close or get distracted by a mobile phone. And these are some of the key reasons why so many people die in traffic today. So uh, this plus the promise of autonomous vehicle of giving us back time, and time is the only thing nobody can give us back, uh, I think reasons enough for us to keep working on this very promising technology. But uh, the biggest question, I believe, uh, between the lines is, is the technology really ready uh, to drive uh, autonomous vehicles at high speeds? Probably not. But as, as we have so far experienced, at least in, in Las Vegas, it is certainly ready to run at low speeds yeah, to complement buses uh, that, uh, that drive in our cities. And to put it into a little bit of context here, buses in our cities are crawling at 13 miles per hour. Our shuttle currently operates at about 11 miles per hour, and uh, it is, I think, sufficient to transport passengers in cities. And uh, just to kind of complete the picture, uh, you, we, we all love our powerful and turbocharged engines, but uh, in reality, 86% of time, we drive uh, no faster than 35 miles per hour. So I think the question is really, at what speed does this technology work and how much speed do we want to afford ourselves uh, to uh, maintain and keep a minimum level of safety? You've done a uh, brilliant TED Talks that I would uh, recommend to anybody uh, listening here about the transportation uh, transformation going on in cities uh, in the coming years. Um, Put your crystal ball on and expose us to some healthy paranoia about how the cities would look with this transformation in the years to come. Yeah, no, I, I think I have plenty of paranoia for you on that topic. <laughs> um, I think we uh, can acknowledge the fact that most of our cities uh, are in the unfortunate situation. They don't even have enough money to fix our roads and bridges. Yeah, that's why we drive across uh, bridges that are very, very dangerous to drive uh, over, or we drive over potholes that destroy our tires and suspensions. 
and um, that bears the question, how will we actually fund the technology that is necessary to enable autonomous uh, modes of transportation if we cannot even fund the basics? And then another fact that few people know is that 75% of the budget uh, for public transportation services is actually subsidies, tax dollars that you and I, everybody listening to this is paying to subsidize public transportation. And with these empty coffers and with his subsidies, the quality of these services is uh, mediocre at best, I would say. So riders desert it and they use their cars. And then on addition, in addition to this, we, we have ride-hailing services conquering our cities and eating away even more market share from public transit and putting it uh, into a more dangerous place. And this will eventually lead to the, the question, um, can we afford to have more cars on our city streets yeah, that are congested uh, to a point that nothing moves? Um, or do we actually need to find a mechanism to fund the new technology that we need to move people around economically and environmentally sound in our cities? Um, and that potentially will require a smart road tax that puts the tax on all the people that drive alone in their big vehicles in a city and um, is a benefit uh, or gives a benefit to people who elect to share their right with others to uh, have less cars on the roads. Well, lastly, Andreas, what does this all mean in your opinion to the business of radio and what should we consider to uh, best preserve and have our business prosper when we're thinking of of uh, this topic of transportation? As I mentioned earlier, I believe people will have more time. And uh, time is one of the most valuable things we have, both for ourselves personally, but also for business. So I am a strong believer that uh, there will be more opportunity to listen to radio, but also more actively listen to radio. And uh, for that reason, I see an opportunity for more engagement of listeners, more interactivity uh, with listeners um, that would add another layer of, uh, of attractiveness to, to listening to radio. Uh, in addition to this, I also see a trend towards um, or away from over the air and towards internet streaming, which is uh, a good opportunity for on-demand services. So people will consume certain aspects of what they listen to randomly on the radio today uh, in an on-demand fashion that uh, makes it much more palatable, attractive for listeners. Andrea, as always, you, uh, you, you wow me, and uh, I appreciate your insights and your generosity of your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Buzz. Andreas is at the foreground of shaping our future of transportation, and he has his finger on the pulse of the pace of change. His expertise and experience are the reason we call this podcast Healthy Paranoia. Coming up on our next edition, we'll talk with Mark Hughes from C3 Metrics about big data attribution and the impact on our future. Thanks for listening to Healthy Paranoia with Buzz Knight. Steady production guidance provided by Boston Beasley Media Group's Mark Clark.